Hi, I'm Delene Allen, the networking queen. I love to connect people. There is nothing more wonderful than the human connection, the connection that can lead to incredible things, to love, to business, to make our lives just so much richer, meeting and connecting on a deeper level than, hi, here's my business card but making those human connections that can take you to magical places. Stay tuned for network equals net worth. I want to hear your stories. I want to share your stories. Well, good afternoon. It's Delene Allen. You're listening to my podcast, Network Equals Net Worth. And I got to tell you, you're going to meet one remarkable woman today, Tammy Morris. She moved to Nova Scotia two years ago with her husband, settled in Mount Uniac that year. She's the mother of two and an entrepreneur. She was a legislative policy analyst with the government for most of her career, but took an opportunity to go back to school and become an electrologist. She opened her own electrologist office in Mount Uniac, Nova Scotia in December. She loves the life-changing transformation that her clients see when they see their results. So Tammy Morris, Tell me where this vibrant personality all began and some of the ways that you have thrived in an unusual way. Okay, so thank you, Delene. Thank you for having me. Um, I was born on, a, on the wet coast. I'm originally from Victoria. I was not raised there, left there uh, when I was six, year, six weeks old, um, moved across Canada a few times but settled, my mother settled with us in Richmond um, when we were quite young. And when I was around 11, she met an American and decided to move our family down to the state. She thought it would be a great opportunity. Um, she struggled very much as a single parent. And I admire my mom a lot. She made the best choices with what she had and she did not have a lot and she did not have a lot of opportunities growing up herself. So um, we moved down to the States and originally we were moving to Florida and it's like the country song. We were packed up, the, my stepdad had made this back end of a pickup and converted it into a utility trailer or a, not like a mini U-Haul, I guess is what I'd call it. And he attached it to the back of my mama's Thunderbird and we drove across the border and the the border agent was like, so what are you here for? And of course, you know, they're lying through the, the through their teeth about what we're going to the States for. We're just going for a holiday, we're just moving him down, then we're coming back up. We were illegal aliens. We weren't coming back. And then we picked up Mama and we headed down to Florida, packed all of her stuff into the truck. But we hit Texas and the car broke down and we couldn't afford to fix it. And so we stayed in Texas. And I remember Spearman, Texas was the first town we lived in. And when I first moved there, it was really a challenge. We moved a lot um, anyway, um, because my mom tended to be, I don't want to say a bit of a gypsy, but it was, you know, life choices and struggles. And so we always seemed to move in the middle of a school year, in the middle of a semester. So it was always like February, March. It was never over a Christmas break. It was never over summer break. It was always, you know, so we moved to Texas and I may have sounded a little bit different than Texans. I'm not sure, but um, 
the kids were always asking me, hey, Tammy, say about, say roof, say, you know, whatever the words were. And I had, I took it as a personal offense. I thought they were making fun of me. I didn't get it. I didn't get that being different was okay and it was good because it made you stand out. I wanted to be like everybody else. And so I had a real chip on my shoulder. And let's just say that I did not get along with anybody in school. So when I first went to that school, my hair was very, very long, very blonde. And over the summer with the 110 degree heat waves that we would get, Lady Di was very popular and I wanted a Lady Di haircut. I wanted to look like Lady Di. And so my mother scrimped and she saved and she took me next door to this older woman who was retired 50 years. I swear if she was retired a day and she did not know how to do modern haircuts. She did old lady haircuts. And I walked out of there not looking like Lady Di at all. I was mortified with my hair. And then the school year started. So my hair was you know, shorter. I didn't look like the girl that had been there the, the previous spring. And so Heather came up to me and she was the head of the cheerleading squad because there's everything's cheerleaders tech in Texas, football and basketball. And she came up to me and she says, hi, I'm Heather. You're new here. Yeah. And, and tried to introduce herself to me. And I looked at her and I went, whatever, Heather, don't play that game with me. You know who I am. I was just, I may have said a swear word <laughs> or as they call it in Texan, I may have cussed, but anyway, so, <laughs> so needless to say, I did not make friends or influence people that day either. And I ended up right in the same position that I was with no friends and being bullied. And it was just a horrible, horrible time. But I learned from that experience because even as it happened, I had this inner voice going, shut up, Tammy. But of course I didn't shut up. And so I went through all those struggles in that school. So when I went to the next school, you know, the next year, because again, we moved again and again, and, and I thought, okay, I'm going to do it differently. And while I never made it into the popular crowd, at least I wasn't so alone because I figured out that being a little bit different wasn't so bad, but I still struggled with it, don't get me wrong. So um, family life was not good. And I went into a group home for a couple of years and really felt that I flourished there. But at one point after being in that group home for a couple of years, um, because I had said to the police, because I kept running away, and I said, either put me in this group home or I'm going to run away to Amarillo. And my mom knew that I was stubborn enough that I would have done that. And she did not want me living on the streets of Amarillo. So she signed the paperwork for me to go in this group home. And I went to this group home and I, I would say I, I flourished a bit there. But my stepdad approached me a couple of years later and he said, hey, you want to come home for a visit? for Mother's Day. And I didn't want to go, but I missed my sister. So I did. And while I was there, I learned that they were moving to Florida. And would I move to Florida with them? Well, I didn't want my sister to be so far away from me that I couldn't reach her, even though she was two hours away in Texas. I was 16. I had no car. I couldn't get to her anyway. So we moved to Florida. We moved to Tampa. We lived on the wrong side of the tracks. And I had never seen gangs before. And so it was very disconcerting. You know, my mother was filling us with 
safety tips, a fear, AKA fear about don't go out on the streets and don't do this and don't do that. Cause you know, there's gangs and blah, blah, blah. And they were probably not as bad as what they thought it was, but um, went to school and what did I learn from my first, my first school that I went to? Don't be, don't just play up the accent. So I had in those few years really gained a really good Southern accent and I could just turn it on like this and talk your ear off. I could talk about the roof and I could talk about your wash. And so I went into class and there were these two really cute guys. Oh, and they would sing the yellow rose to Texas to me and they would clap every, every morning when I would come in. And I didn't last very long in Tampa because home, home life was not good. So I moved to Nova Scotia. So I moved in with the man that I thought was my biological father, who I found out right before I moved back to Canada that he was not, but I still moved in with him and his wife. Um, he was my sister's biological father. So I, I moved there and about a year later, my sister followed. But in the meantime, West Kings District High School, WKDHS in Berwick, Nova Scotia. I went there from the middle of my 11th grade year and graduated there in grade 12. And to this day, there are still people from that school in my life who call me Tex. Do I sound like I'm from Texas? But you can. <laughs> but I sure can if I get a little bit tired, if I've had a couple of drinks, or if I just want to play the mic. So um, moved back to Victoria shortly after that. I wanted to go to university in Victoria and um, that didn't work out. I ended up going to business college. I took my mom's advice to, to take a trade. I wanted to be a marine biologist or a geologist. And she said, Tammy, don't do that because if something ever happens and remember school of hard knocks for her, she did not have a lot of opportunities. And so she gave me what she thought was the best advice. And I did not question um, adults then. I did not question my elders. I thought everybody knew everything because they had their poop together. I'm an adult. I know better now. But at that time, I did not. <laughs> so I took the Myers-Briggs personality test at, the, at Compu College. And they basically held this sheet of papers up and they said, you should be a secretary. You'd really be good in, as an executive secretary or a legal secretary. And we really have spots for both. Why don't you take that? So that's what I took. I hated it right from the get-go. Hated it. Took my first job as a legal secretary. Did that for about uh, six months, eight months. Decided I didn't want to do that and went to work for the provincial government. Fast forward, I was in government for most of my career. I had my two beautiful children um, in the late 90s and early 2000s. Um, I was married at that time to a submariner. We were posted to England. Um, that's where I had my second child was in England, came back to Canada. I was a stay at home mom for 12 years and I ran my own businesses from home. I decided I wanted to contribute to the house in a financial way. And so, um, I had an online incontinence products business called dry diapers plus, which ended up being a fetish business was not intended. I did not realize at the time all my clients were men and I did not know that there was a fetish for men wearing, or not just men, people wearing diapers all day, just for the enjoyment of wearing diapers and 
I won't go further into details. I'll let your mind do that. So anyway, um, I did that though for a short time, uh, for a while. Um, once I saw that the Canadian currency was, which was on par, was starting to drop, I realized that I needed to make a change. I was also, I had a raw food business for dogs um, that I was doing and my family life was changing and I knew I needed to have a stable income to be able to provide for my children as a single parent. And so I made that decision to become a single parent and continued on with my career in the government. And I went for my first electrolysis session and I met an electrologist. And as we got to know each other and talk through my different sessions, he approached me about becoming an electrologist. And I was, because I love the science behind it. I really love the science behind electrolysis. And I would just pick his ear about it all the time. And, and then um, he asked me to take over his practice. And I'm like, I just can't do it. I can't, I, I, I'm a single mom. I gotta pay for my kids. I gotta support them. I need my benefits. I need blah, blah, blah. And so I didn't. And he left the practice and he had a student come on and take over. And I didn't last very long with her because she was charging almost the same amount as him, but doing a third of the work. So I moved on to another electrologist, learned a lot from her. And she was, was as well, Tammy, you really should become an electrologist. You're made for this. You should really do this. And I was like, no, 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 no. I've got this government job. And then my husband and I, um, he convinced me to move out to Nova Scotia. I had said I was never going to come back to Nova Scotia. So he, he worked on me for three years. We decided to move out here uh, two years ago, and uh, we lived in Airbnbs for 18 months during that chaos that was occurring. And um, because he had sold his house, and we were looking for a house. And we landed, and we finally ended up here in Mount Uniac. So I had moved out here for a government job um, to take. A, I had take. A, I had made sure I had employment with a government job before we moved out here. And it wasn't a good fit for me. Um, the, the working for the government can be very toxic. And there, in this instance, there was a lot of overreach. And my entire career with the government had dealt with the Privacy Protection Act provincially, and then whatever the federal one is called. And there was certain information we could not disclose about our clients, and we were not to ask them. And I was being asked to disclose that, and people were being asked to disclose that to anybody and everybody. And I, I did not, I was very uncomfortable with that. So I left that government position, and I decided this was the universe telling me, Tammy, this is the time. You kept making excuses about why you couldn't do it, we're giving you this kick in the butt. Now's your opportunity. So I went back to school. Now, before I went to school, though, I researched, where can I go to school? Where's the best school in Canada? I want, of course, I wanted to go to school in Nova Scotia. That would have been close and easy and cheap, right? Like more affordable. I couldn't do that, though. There's no training in Nova Scotia. So I went to Montreal and I took my training there. So I took my training for electrolysis for permanent hair removal in Montreal at Dectro Academy. And then I took my training for um, advanced electrolysis, which is also known as electrocoagulation or thermocoagulation for removing skin imperfections. I went to Toronto to take extra training for that. So I came back and I opened up my business here in Mount Uniac. And the then I met you guys. The rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> so welcome back, Tammy. Wow. 
for somebody that that has been through all that you you have been through, your positive attitude and phenomenal energy never ceases to amaze me. So you left the government, that secure job, and uh, it's great to have a supportive partner that says, yes, do it. So tell us what it was like to start your business. So I had, because of that previous online web business that I had um, started, I had taken um, an online course that at that time was $10,000. I was probably very stupid to pay that amount, but it gave me a lot of base training um, on how to set up a business, how to set up a sole proprietorship, um, how to get a business license, um, getting your website built up, SEO, uh, you know, for your website. And um, so I used a lot of that knowledge. So for me, it wasn't as intimidating as it had been when I first started that first business years ago. What was intimidating for me was being out here in a new province where I had no connections. And the chaos of the last three years, people were still, they're still dealing with the, the issues from all of that, the mental health issues that we're all struggling with. Let's just put it that way, right? Yeah. And okay. so to try and get out there and network, and I'm in a rural area. I don't have street signage. I have a beautiful electrolysis suite in my home that is like a spa, but I don't have the advertising of downtown Halifax or downtown Dartmouth or even Sackville. Yeah. So for the intimidating part for me was getting out there and trying to figure out how to network. And I had met you, Daylene, a year ago in Kentville at the home show. And I remember I had mentioned to you that I was thinking about going back to school at that point, And I was starting to put things in gear. And you gave me so many leads on information with Nova Scotia Works and, and um, business, uh, the business women's, I, I can't even think of what it's called right now. And I was so appreciative. Of that. And I put that information away in a flyer. And, and when I started when I went back and I opened up my cupboard that one day and I went, oh, BNI, what is BNI? And then I connected with you and that networking has helped me come out of my own shell, out of that, um, not, I wouldn't say it's a shell, but I had become a hermit, like so many of us had had, had over the chaos of the last three years. And so I've been able to get out and I've been able to meet so many empowered business women and business people that I'm making connections that I would not have made if I had not met you in the first place. Well, you know, I'm not going to take credit for that. You could meet anybody anywhere at any time and make a connection. So, but Tammy, I, I want to speak to how courageous you were because it was COVID, but you took advantage of that downtime, took your training, mm -hmm. got those sort of things done in place. And again, you know, when you think about it, incontinence products you were selling, that's a story in itself, like holy mackerel, that, that would take really, I mean, you must have gotten over embarrassing conversations very quickly. And when you do something like that, boy, can't you have a conversation about anything with anybody and kind of not feels silly for it? That had got to have been a boost to talking to people. You know, that's something I actually, 
years before I ever did the incontinence products business, I got over those embarrassing conversations because I did um, home care work. So I would, I was asked to do, because I was so well liked amongst my clients, I was asked by the agency to do 24 hour care of the suicidal and depressed. And these were mainly seniors who had gone in for hip surgeries and they were being ejected from the hospital with no supports at home, or they had terminal cancer diagnoses, or they had severe strokes and needed extra supports. And so I would have to go in and do their personal care as part of what I did as a job. And so I very quickly got over that type of embarrassment, I guess. And so when it came to my incontinence products, I mean, that was really, none of them had any embarrassing stories. What I did get asked is if I wanted them, if I wanted pictures of them wearing the products so I could put them on my website. <laughs> no, thank you. No, that, thank you. That's good. Um, um, I did have a client call me mommy Tammy at one point. No, that wasn't going to happen either. I called him baby Bastion because that's what he wanted, but there's only two people in this world who can call me mommy and those are my kids. So, um, but I do have a really good sense of humor and I have learned, I didn't realize it was a skill I had because this is to me my normal, but even my reviews on Google, where you read that people are saying that I put everybody at ease and I make them feel comfortable because no matter what, you are perfectly imperfect the way you are. We're all imperfect. And the biggest, the biggest, um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Our biggest critic is ourselves. That five times mirror, when we're looking at that five times mirror and having so close to us and look, look at all our imperfections. So when people come to me and they're sharing with me their imperfections, I don't see them. I acknowledge that it bothers them and I'm there to help them get rid of them, but I want them to feel good about themselves. And with me doing what I do, that's what, that is what happens. Oh, transformational. Tammy. It is. Yeah. And so everything that you've said all the way along that you're really, and, and to me, this speaks to why you're able to connect with people is you listen and that you uh, have that empathy, um, but the, the ability to listen, to really listen, to hear what that person's saying and to make them comfortable mm -hmm. means that you're really, it, it is that human connection that when you can take somebody who's stressed about something or, you know, again, maybe uncomfortable conversations and that you can guide them through that and make them feel good at the end. That is such a gift. That is such a gift. And isn't that what all of us really want? Oh, completely. I had one client who came in just recently and she had called me up and she said, I have a mole I need removed. She goes, people make fun of me for it. And I said, well, first off, I said, I can help you with the mole as soon as you get a doctor's note. I said, but I can't help you with those friends. You need to get rid of those friends because you need someone who can support you and not make fun of you. Yeah. When she came in and she brought her doctor's note for the mole and I removed the mole, I sat her up. I gave her the mirror. She started sobbing uncontrollably. This had affected her in such a way for such a long time and made her feel so insignificant and insecure. And taking that, to me, very small mole off her face, to her, was life-changing. Totally. Right? 
Yeah. I've got a couple of clients that had massive spider veins on their cheeks. Most of us fair European people, we have all these little tiny, you know, they're, they're very small. We, most people don't notice them, but theirs were noticeable. And I worked with them for over a period of time for several sessions and the change one is an Arbonne salesperson. She does Arbonne. And she said, Tammy, she said, I didn't realize how self-conscious I was about it. Now I can go without makeup. Yeah. Like how transformational is that? That well, is so exciting. One of the things with our fluid community or transgender yes. community, to be able to reach out to somebody like you and change unwanted hair or the moles or the mark, you know, the extra little things that come from sun damage and all of the rest that I love to see people that it's, it's for everybody, isn't it? It's yeah. not just for male or female. It is. Yeah. It can be something as little as your eyebrows. Who wants yes. to pluck an eyebrow, but say your unibrow. Yeah. Or the hair on your chitty chin chin, yeah. right. Or same thing that maybe you don't want to shave your neck anymore, like mm -hmm. all of those things, right? And so speak to also the fact that you really will do anybody anywhere on the body. It's on all bodies. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and not all electrologists will. I mean, there is a safety concern when you're working with members of the opposite gender, sex, however you want to refer, right. however you want to phrase that. And I, I don't have that concern. Um, I work on all bits on all bodies. I want everybody to feel good about themselves. Yeah. I want them to feel comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. I can't imagine what it would be like. Like I have, I have body dysmorphia, you know, I, I don't like the fact that I have all this extra cushion. I can't imagine being in a body that I didn't feel that I was the gender that I was seeing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if I can help somebody in their process and their transformation, I'm, I'm all down for that. Yeah. And the fact that people today just have so many more choices, yes. but it's also finding somebody that, you know, again, helps that person take that discomfort or, you know, um, imposter syndrome of can I do this to really seeing the results talk about the person that had quite heavy facial hair and now it's like a little bit of peach fuzz oh I've got a few stories of that so I have one client um, who was shaving twice a day every day and tweezing and tweezing and picking so much that she has extensive scarring down here because when you tweeze and you pluck that's what can happen. You can get this scarring. And she's gone from shaving twice a day and relentlessly tweezing and plucking to shaving once every four days because we're still in the process, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have another client who um, she came in just this last week and she's like, Tammy, I'm so fuzzy. I'm so fuzzy. And I'm like thinking, mm, I, I don't see how it can be this. It's only been a couple of weeks. And in the beginning, she was coming every week for her sessions. She drives out from, from out past Dartmouth and she drives over an hour to come see me. And so she had been coming for her every, her sessions every week. And then we were down, now we're down to every two weeks. She's missed a couple of sessions because summer and kids and blah, 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 blah. Right. And so I put her back on the table and I leaned her down, laid her down and I started working away. And I said, okay, 40 minutes, we're done. 
And she goes, what? I said, we're done. I said, you've gone from an hour and a half appointment every week. You're now at 38 minutes every two weeks. I said, there wasn't a lot there. And she goes, I'm just so used to it being smooth now. I felt like it was so much. I said, nope, we're done. She was just over the moon. Um, Another client, uh, same thing. I I mean, I've, I've got so many stories. I really do. What is, what's really funny with, not funny, but what people don't realize is for those of us who are growing hair on our chin because of hormonal issues or on our neck that in this this space right here one square inch you've got about 1200 follicles and they're not all active but your hair is growing at different rates and different lengths just like if you go out in your backyard and you look at the grass it's all at different levels well that's what's going on in your face and so when i tell my clients when they're coming to see me okay you cannot shave for four days you cannot pluck no tweezing no waxing nothing i need to be able to see the hair to treat it and oh, Tammy, I've only got like 20 or 30 hairs. It's not that much. And then they don't do that for four days. And they're like, I'm growing a beard. They don't realize how much hair growth is actually there till they stop plucking and they stop shaving. And then they see how much is there. So yeah, I just, it's hormonal imbalances. So my, my niche, my specialty, definitely hormonal imbalances. I mean, if your hormones are imbalanced and you're growing hair in places that you shouldn't be growing in for women, it's, you're growing a beard, you're growing your, the neck, the neck hair down here, you're growing the thick sideburns, you're growing hair down your sternum or even on your nipples. When I was in my training, a young woman came in, her mom was buying a new electrolysis machine from Dectro because they, they make them. And her mom had been an electrologist for 30 years. This woman was 23 years old. She was taking, um, she had taken her nursing course and now she was going into cosmetic nursing, which is like all Botox and all of that. Anyway, she had said to the salesperson, is there anybody who can get this one hair? I've got this one hair here. And they called back to the instructor. The instructor said, sure, bring her back. So she got up on the table and the instructor started asking her all these questions. When did your hair start growing? Like, do you have hair growing any like on your sternum, on your nipples? Like, she goes, yeah, I'm hairy. I'm Lebanese. And she said, you know, I'm not a doctor. The instructor said, I'm not a doctor. And this is what we always say. I'm not a doctor, but it's not normal for you to be growing hair in those places. As a woman, you may want to go see an endocrinologist. Fast forward, this woman went to the endocrinologist. She has a hormone imbalance. Her mom, an electrologist of 30 years, did not know that. She just thought it was their ethnicity. So this is just goes to show about the training when an electrologist goes to training, there are electrologists who take training as part of their aesthetics course, it's two weeks long, you don't get a lot of information in that two weeks, when you go for a 300 hour or a 600 hour um, electrolysis program, you learn about all of these medical conditions that could cause hair growth. You learn about the medications that could cause hair growth. And so that's why it's really important to go to somebody who has the training. That woman, I don't know where she was trained from. Did she just learn just how to do the insertions? Possibly, but she's been doing it for 30 years. And not that there isn't a skill set to be doing it for 30 years. She was probably very good at what she did, but for her own daughter, she didn't even know that her own daughter had a a hormone imbalance issue. Yeah. 
you're so so right to work with people that have got the qualification. So yeah. let's go back to you started your business. Yes, started my business. How how have we done some networking to get the word out there since you live in downtown Mount Uniac? <laughs> the metropolis of Mount Uniac. Um, so let's see, I'm actually quite innovative when it comes to advertising. Um, obviously I do the Facebook thing. Um, I go on. Do to it really to- well. You do Thank- it really well. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I, I've signed up for a lot of Facebook groups where I, I don't spam them because I don't want to be spammed, but I do try to about once a week, put a post on different groups to let them know I'm here. Um, I have joined BNI. Um, I joined another networking group that I didn't feel was a really good fit with me. So I didn't stay with them, but I'm sure, you know, they, it works for other people. Um, I go to women wine and Wednesdays. There's two events that two different people from, um, one from BNI. I'm not sure if the other person's a BNI member or not. Um, but she is friends with the originator of women wine and Wednesdays, Leanne. And so I do that. I've also just recently started going to boss babes, which we met last night. So, and it's really neat because I'm getting to learn about different areas in Nova Scotia too. I get to go out and see different areas that I wouldn't know to go see. And I'm meeting so many neat people and having so many in-depth conversations and learning and connecting about people. And I didn't realize how much I had missed that in the last three years with all that chaos. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like Zoom is wonderful, but it'll never replace face-to-face, will it? No. It won't. I've even taken to, um, I got a bunch of business cards made up and I had a laminator and I was uh, originally going to laminate signs and put them up around post boxes and whatnot. And what I actually started doing was I laminated my business cards and I actually put the double side sticky tape on and I've been sticking them to the post boxes. (laughs) For you. Brilliant. Right. Isn't that great? And, um, thanks to actually the BNI networking meetings. I, so last year, um carol roderick she has a um oh the name is escaping me her business but anyway she does facebook paid facebook advertising and trains people on how to do that and so she had told me about this grant last year um but when i applied for it i didn't qualify because i didn't make a certain dollar amount last year because i'd only opened up the in december so i didn't have time to make that and i didn't wasn't planning on hiring on another employee so those were the two criteria one one or the other and so the other day on another BNI chapter meeting, not my, my regular chapter meeting, um, I went and saw it and somebody did a presentation saying, you can apply mid-year if you've made X number of dollars. I got off that call. I tallied up. I had made it. I contacted them. I got the call today. I've been approved. So... So I'm going to be contacting Carol about taking her course and doing the Facebook marketing. But I also connected because of you with SEED. Seed. Yes, Center for Education and Entrepreneurial Development. There we go. And I got signed up with their Leveling It Up program. Yeah. So I am taking the Thrive Marketing course through Pepperit Academy. Because I don't have enough to do, right? Well, Well, but here's the thing. For many, if you're a small business owner listening here, there are options out there, whether you're female owned or male owned, but a lot of times you got to dig deep. And many of us as solo entrepreneurs are not 
out there doing it. So uh, what Tammy's just talking about, a $2,400 digital adoption grant through Community Business Development Corporation is amazing. And so Tammy now can take that money and help uh, uh, enhance her digital um, presence, which you're already doing a phenomenal job. So you're just going to knock it out of the ballpark, Tammy. Because you. if you really do it, through Pepperit Marketing, through Kathy Kolovecchia, um, you're going to learn how to do an ad that actually gets people to buy from your business. And it's not magic, but it definitely is a system. And Tammy, you are already phenomenal on it. One of the things that we talk about, because you can do business and you can meet people, right? Tammy, you've met some amazing people likely on, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, I yeah. have. Yeah. So that one of the things they say is authentic. And boy, Kathy, if there's one thing, you tell it like it is, which I absolutely love, but you're real. And you're real in talking about something that for many people is too embarrassing to talk about. But when you bring that out into the open and normalize it, doesn't it just, again, you watch those people get off your table and their whole life has changed, hasn't it? You know, literally just before I got on this call with you, I had a client who walked in and she could barely make eye contact with me and my heart broke. It really did. And she was so self-conscious about these things that we were going to deal with that, I mean, I couldn't see them at all. You know, the way she was dressed, everything was covered up. And she was so embarrassed about them that she covered them up all the time, you know, and I, I don't want people to feel that they are less than I want people to walk in with their shoulders up and their chest out and a smile on their face because they are going to knock it out of the ballpark. They are going to rock this world. That's what I want for people. Yeah. Well, and, and that speaks not only to us having businesses, but how we can make connections with people in the world of networking, to see the good in people, to see their value, and to really listen to people. It's those little things, Tammy. Don't you find that really warms our heart for what we do, but creates those connections that will be friends for life? Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, for you, Tammy, Everything I believe you've ever done has been more than about making a sale. It's about making a difference in somebody's life. And boy, if we had more people who did that, what a different world it would be, wouldn't it? It would be. Yeah. yeah. It would and be. So if you're looking for electrolysis, if you've never heard it, or you got some spots, tags, skin tags, what are some birthmarks? Those are things that Tammy can help you about. Her contact information will be here. Thanks for listening. It's Delene Allen. Everybody's got a story. And I can't wait to hear yours. Thanks so much for listening. What you like best about today's conversations and the connections that lead to miraculous outcomes. Leave a review. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to share your story too. So why not touch base with Delene Allen on Instagram and we'll keep the conversations going.